Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Cyclone Alert, Cyclone Scoop podcast. Michael Swain here, the Iowa State beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Really excited about the podcast we have coming your way today. Caught up with Cody Nagel of our Oklahoma State 24-7 Sports affiliate website. Had a really good conversation with him just about Oklahoma State season what maybe has worked for them offensively, what hasn't worked offensively, and then a little bit on their their defense in general. Um, don't have a ton to say about Iowa State heading into the week. Got through a lot of my thoughts, I think, in our post-game podcast on Saturday. This does feel like a big game for Iowa State to kind of put themselves back on the national radar after the slow start to this season. You know, if Iowa State wins this game, I think they're back in the AP Top 25 um, I don't read into Iowa State not being in the AP Top 25 right now. It's very much a resume-based poll, and Iowa State's resume right now is decent, but not really a marquee win, and Iowa State has a chance to get that marquee win on Saturday and really continue kind of this upward trend from what we've seen from them in October. Of course, it's worth noting that the only team that has beaten Iowa State in October since 2017 is Oklahoma State, and they've always posed a real tough test. You know, Mike Gundy is 10-3 and three against Iowa State all time. So this will be a big test for Iowa State on Saturday. Um, a real big game that I hope gets maybe some more national pub because I think it should because it's the best Big 12 game of the weekend. Not really a great college football slate this weekend. So um, hopefully there will be more eyeballs on this game because a 2.30 kick on Fox, it should be, should be a good one. But with that, let's get into this podcast with Cody Nagel. All right, we are now joined by Cody Nagel of our Oklahoma State 24-7 Sports website. Cody, how has the start to your week been so far? Uh, it's been pretty busy. Um, obviously got basketball stuff coming up midweek and uh, new rankings release coming up and getting all the, the preview stuff ready for, for this weekend for Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Definitely. We're in, we're in that time of the year now where it really starts coming thick and fast with football, you know, basketball seasons coming up, big 12 media days on Wednesday. Um, but wanted to maybe focus on just the Oklahoma state, Iowa state game this Saturday, pretty much the biggest game in the big 12 Oklahoma state comes in ranked number eight. Iowa state is looking to get back into the top 25 after falling out after a, a slow start to the season. And I want to start here, Cody, because I remember when we were in Dallas for Big 12 Media Days football that we talked a little bit about Oklahoma State. And the comment that I think you made that has stuck with me was that you knew the defense was going to be good, but the offense you weren't sure about. 
I'm curious for you, how has your opinion of Oklahoma State changed and how has that projection maybe panned out over the first five, six weeks of the season? Yeah, I think for now it's pretty much been right. Um, you know, the defense has been been really good, one of the better ones in the Big 12, um, you know, holding opponents under under 20 points a game. Um, so, you know, that, that's been true. Um, you know, and like I said with the offense, they – we just didn't really know what they were going to be. You lose Chuba Hubbard, you lose Tylen Wallace, um, you know, you lose a, an offensive lineman that's now in the NFL. Um, you know, those are big pieces that, that you're missing and trying to replace. And there's a lot of, you know, sort of unproven guys coming back. Um, and they, they've struggled this year. And a lot of that also has to do with, you know, the amount of injuries that they've had on that side of the ball. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders missed the opener with, with COVID protocol. Um, they've had wide receivers, you know, rotating in and out that have been injured um, and then running back, you know, they started with this, what was going to be this four headed monster that they were going to just split carries. And obviously now that's, that's down to basically just Jalen Warren running the show. So yeah, the offense is still struggling, trying to find sort of its identity still a little bit. I think they found that a little bit at Texas, but yeah, still, still not the strength that, you know, you're used to when you think of Oklahoma state football. Definitely. And I want to go back maybe to the non-conference slate because when I was doing some game prep here earlier this week, I looked at the non-conference schedule just to kind of see. And I remember that Oklahoma State had played Boise State. I remember that game being close, but I didn't know that, you know, the Missouri State game was close, that that Tulsa game was relatively close. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the three non-conference games, Oklahoma State had a scoring margin of like 15 points. I guess what were maybe some of the challenges Oklahoma State went through early in the season and you mentioned the injuries, but in addition to that, maybe too, um, what, what challenges did they kind of face early in the year and how have they improved or not addressed those issues so far? You know, really, I think it is just the injuries that they had. I mean, they were, you know, they hadn't put the same 11 guys out on offense, um, you know, back-to-back games. That finally happened like a few weeks ago, I think. I think the last three games they've started um, the, the same 11 guys, which – you know, you think about Casey Dunn, the offensive coordinator who took over last year. That was actually the first time that they've done that in two years. So, I mean, they've always had to, you know, we've got a new guy in at this position or, or whatever. So, you know, just having consistency in the same guys and be able to practice week in, week out um, with, with that same, you know, 11 guys out there and being able to game plan, um, you know, I think that's made a big difference. And, you know, the Boise State game, that, that was close. Um, obviously, neither team scored in the second half so um you know that was first point or first half points only um and then the the Tulsa game um you know Tulsa kind of you know came back a little late there same with the Missouri State one but you know all three were were close and yeah like you said they were you know combined scoring margin of just added up real quick there's seven for Missouri State five for Tulsa and one for for Boise State so yeah, very, very slim margin for, for all of those. So, yeah, it's I think injuries were, were the biggest thing early on. And now that they're starting to get healthy and, and get some consistency on that that front, that mm-hmm. that's helped helped these last three games then. Definitely. And, and so I want to talk about Spencer Sanders, too, because I think, I, I don't know, I feel like maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, I, I might be able to draw some parallels between his early season and maybe Brock Purdy's where – and tell me if I'm wrong here, but from an Iowa State perspective, you know, Brock Purdy has that performance against Iowa where he throws the three interceptions, you know, two of them are tipped at the line of scrimmage. And I think from the outside, a lot of people believe that 
oh, well, we're just Brock Purdy's not very good. And I think that that narrative maybe has carried over a few weeks now where, you know, anytime I go on local radio shows or anything like that, it's like, oh, well, how bad has Brock Purdy been? Or what's the issue with Brock Purdy? And it's like, well, turnover luck. There, you know, if you watch the games, you'll see that Brock Purdy has not been as bad as the numbers you kind of show. And even then, I think the numbers have been pretty good. Where I look at Spencer Sanders, right, completing 58% of his passes for about seven and a half yards in attempt, six touchdowns, five interceptions. For you and when you look at his game so far this season, do you feel like the numbers reflect the performances? Are they a little flattering? Are the numbers worse than he's performed? Walk us through kind of what he's looked like so far this season. Yeah, he, he's definitely been up and down, and that's something that's been the case with him for you know the three years now that he's been the starter. He he'll have these games where he's you know really good, and he'll throw you know three touchdowns in a game with you know maybe one pick or something like that, and then he'll have other games where he won't even get to, you know, 200 yards passing and he'll have, you know, two interceptions and no touchdowns, but, you know, somehow Oklahoma state will find a way to win based on their defense. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's been really up and down. Um, you know, I think, you know, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but with the injuries that they had at wide receiver, um, you know, Tay Martin, their, their leading receiver was down, um, for, for a while or for a few games. Um, you know, Jaden Bray, he's a, a true freshman that had a couple good games. Um, he's been out the past few. Um, you know, just didn't have that consistency at receiver, and that's hard to, you know, build that, that chemistry and rhythm as as the season goes on. Um, you know, protection-wise up front, they've had, had some struggles. Um, you know, they're rotating guys in and out, trying those first few non-conference games, trying to figure out, you know, what front five – fit best and, and work best together. Um, you know, they've got, they've got some good guys up front. Danny Goodlefsky is the, the center. Um, he's a transfer from, from Ohio. Um, he's filled in real nice. And, and Josh Sills from um, former West Virginia transfer. Um, those are the two kind of leaders on, on the offensive line. And they've gotten better at protecting him. And, you know, the, the more time that Spencer Sanders has back there, the better. Um, but, you know, if he needs to get out and scramble out of the pocket, um, he obviously has the ability to do that. And, you know, that's the element of the game that, you know, that, that some other quarterbacks maybe in the big 12 don't necessarily have. And, and mm. that gives him an advantage there. Um, you know, it's, it's just about limiting those mistakes. You know, the more mistakes that he has in a game, obviously the, the chances that Oklahoma state wins are, are pretty slim, but, you know, if he can just, you know, not try to make the, the tough throw, um, you know, just, take the wide open or the, the easy dump pass or something, or, you know, get out of the pocket and scramble for a few yards. Um, that's probably what he needs to start doing, knowing that you have this defense on the other side that, that can now hold opponents, you know, under, under 30 points a game. For sure. And it's interesting you mentioned the turnover part of it too, because I think that's something that when you look at Brock Purdy's performances, I think over the course of his career, you know, the touchdown interception ratio is pretty stark. It's, you know, Brock Purdy throws four touchdowns for every one interception and wins and just under a touchdown to one interception and losses. I want to talk about the offensive line because I thought that that was interesting what you mentioned there. Um, How are they on the outside at the tackle spots? Because I've got the tackle for loss numbers up here and, you know, Will McDonald and Danny Rosarike are two of the top 10 tackle for loss guys in the Big Ten or Big 12, I should say. And they play really well coming off the edge, especially Will McDonald. So how is Oklahoma State kind of looking at the tackle spot if pressure is something that's kind of hindered Spencer Sanders this season? 
Yeah, so Jake Springfield, um, he was actually a former walk-on. He got his you know, first experience last season. Um, he was kind of thrown into the fire a little bit with the injuries they had at, at that point um, last season. Um, former walk-on, he he does decent. You know, he's he's got some up and down moments too. Um, and then Cole Birmingham um, is on the other side. Um, this is his first season starting at that position. Um, and he actually, so the first couple games, they were rotating in um, Taylor Materko and Caleb Etienne um, at that left tackle spot. Um, and then I think it was you know, the third or fourth game of the season, they moved Cole Birmingham out there. Um, and he's he's held that spot ever since. So, you know, Gundy's said a few weeks ago that this, this five that they have right now is the best five that they can have this season. Um, and, mm. and it's showed that, you know, you know, that group stayed together these past few games and they haven't made any changes. So I think they found the, the group that they want out there. And how do you feel like that impacts then? Let's talk about some of the, the run game then. How do you feel like that impacts what Jalen Warren's been able to do? Because I've honestly not watched him vocal in the state this year, um, but I was able to watch the Texas game and his size, his physicality stood out. I guess, how does that offensive line then help him? And for Jalen Warren, like, what's his game like? Is he someone that is able to break tackles in the backfield if the offensive line isn't blocking? Or does he need kind of the offensive line to create holes for him to have success? Yeah, I think the offensive line's been better um, as far as run blocking than pass blocking this year. Um, but, you know, Jalen Warren, man, you know, you talk about a, a transfer that Oklahoma State is is very lucky to have. Um, just a little a background story here. So when he transferred or signed, um, would have been last December during the, the early signing period, um, it was kind of a, a surprise addition. I mean, wasn't really one that was really on anyone's radar beforehand, but because he wasn't committed or anything at the time. Um, but, you know, they signed him. And at that time, you're thinking, okay, they've got L.D. Brown, um, Dominic Richardson, Desmond Jackson, as you know, these three guys that were going to be coming back who all had experience, all had sort of breakout games last year. And, you know, people question, you know, you know, why are they adding another running back? Why is this guy coming here? He's, he's not going to get any playing time. And now here he is, you know, if the, if the offense doesn't have him, they're, they're going to be really struggling. So, um, you know, yeah, he's just, he's not, he's not like his size doesn't completely stand out. Um, you know, he's short, short, stocky, um, but just a lot of power and, and can break tackles at the line. Um, you know, that first contact, he's probably not going to go down. Um, he's gotten, as the season's gone on, he showed a little bit more shiftiness, I think. Um, you know, he doesn't, he's not like Chuba Hubbard. Remember how Chuba would break these long runs for 60, 50 plus yards. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily do that. He had one run against Boise state that I think was 75 yards or something for a touchdown, but other than that, he really hasn't had these big, long runs. He just he wears a defense down with how many carries he can get a game. He's, um, um, you know, multiple times this year, he's gone over 30 carries a game. Oh um, and, you know, just just gets just keeps wearing the def- or the defensive line down. Um, and you just hope that I guess from an Oklahoma State perspective, you hope that he doesn't get wore out here towards the end of the season. Um, you know, he's got look at his stats here real quick. So he's well, already got a. Yeah, he's averaging 25 carries a game, basically. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. At 4.8 um, yards a carry. So not 
not anything spectacular, but, you know, just gets these, you know, good chunk yardages every now and then and, and wears the defense down. So, yeah, that he's definitely a, an X, X factor for, for the offense. And, and if they didn't have him, I, I don't know where they'd be right now. They sure, certainly wouldn't be undefeated right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For sure. And well, you mentioned them being undefeated. And I think the reason they are undefeated right now is because of how good their defense is. So let's transition to that side of the ball because, I mean, man, they, it looks like a classic Oklahoma State defense under Gundy, where I think you look last year, they played every year, I feel like Oklahoma State has a really good corner and a really good safety, and they just lock people up. Walk us through what that defensive backroom looks like right now, because when I think of Iowa State, I, man, I still am not super convinced that the wide receivers can consistently get wide open. And I think that's something that they have struggled with at times, you know, not even this season, but even going into last season was when teams play really good man-on-man defense against Iowa State, it comes really hard for Xavier Hutchinson to get open. It becomes really hard for Charlie Kohler to get open. And I wonder from Oklahoma State's perspective, like, do they have those guys this year? I mean, like walk us through kind of what that defensive backroom looks like. Yeah, it's it's very experienced um, guys with you know multiple years of starting experience now. Um, at cornerback, you've got um, Jarek Bernard Converse. Um, he's I think he's started almost every game since his freshman year. Basically, he moved down. He was at safety to start um, in the last two years, I believe. He's moved over to corner. Um, he's been been pretty good, and you know teams have tried to you know test him a little bit. They've thrown at him early in games and. Normally it doesn't work, and then as the game goes on, they sort of stop going that direction. Um, Christian Holmes is on the other side. Um, you know, another former transfer from Missouri. Um, you know, he's been real solid this year. He he struggled at times last year, first year at Oklahoma State, but you know, this season he's been been a lot better and, and more consistent. Um, and then you talk about the safeties. Um, again, very very deep, very experienced. Um, Colby Harvell Peel. Peel um, multiple year starter, uh, Tanner McAllister. He's been really good this year. Obviously had the last week had the, um, sort of game ceiling interception there at the end on the last possession that Texas had. Mm. And then Jason Taylor, um, you know, he was a, an in-state guy here in Oklahoma. Um, finally got his time to, you know, into the starting rotation after Trey Sterling went out with an injury this year, who was another guy that multiple year starter. So even with, even losing him, you know, they just have a guy that steps in and, and plays at the same level. Um, you know, Jason Taylor's got – he had the pick six last week against Texas, which that's his third career touchdown now. 
Um, he had the, the picks, he had the pick six last week. And then last year he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown against Kansas state that sort of won them that game. And then he actually had an onside kick recovery for a touchdown um, against Texas tech. They basically kicked it right at him at the front and he ran it back for a touchdown and, and that helped them win that game as well. So yeah, whenever he gets his hands on the ball, I mean, there's, there's a good chance he's going to going to take it the other way. Hmm. Interesting. And moving up front then, cause I know, you know, obviously right now for reference and the reason I mentioned kind of the, the man to man coverage there is cause Oklahoma state is allowing um, a big 12 best or, or worst. I don't know how you want to frame it, but basically I think it's like 55% of opposing quarterbacks passes are complete, which is a, a big 12 low best, whatever you want to call it. Um, Iowa state for reference is a little under 60%. So moving up front with the run game, Oklahoma State is allowing just under three yards per carry, second in the Big 12, just behind Iowa State, and under 100 yards rushing per game, again, second behind Iowa State. What has allowed them to be so good up front stopping the run? Is it the defensive line? Is it the linebackers? Is it the safeties? Walk us through what's allowed them to be so dominant in that phase of the game. I think it's a combination of, of the you know defensive front and the linebackers. Um, you know, You look at Oklahoma State's leading tackler, Malcolm Rodriguez, um, you know, he's one of those super seniors or, or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, he's been their leading tackler for the last three years now, I believe. Um, you know, it's just he's always around the ball. Um, he's always making big hits on on running backs and ball carriers and um, even quarterbacks. He's gotten back, um, you know, if the quarterback scrambles out of the pocket, there's a good chance he's going to be right there making a hit. Um, you know, then on the defensive line. You know, defensive tackle position. They've got some some guys. Um, Jaden Jernigan, who who didn't play last year. Um, I think it was some COVID reasons or something like that. Um, you know, he's back this year as a, I believe redshirt sophomore. Um, he's been been really good against the run. If you look at um, you know the the grades and stuff like Pro Football Focus that they put out, um, he's he's one of the better better guys in the in the conference, I guess, as far as you know stopping the run. Um, and then they've been able to get you know, some, some pressure on the outside, um, you know, with, with their edge rushers, um, you know, you take a Tyler Lacey, um, Brock Martin, um, Colin Oliver, he's a true freshman, you know, they've been good on the outside at, at, you know, containing guys too. So, you know, just, just an all around complete group and and they've got depth too, where they kind of, they kind of run like a a platoon type system. Um, So they can stay, stay fresh throughout drives. You know, if, if the drive starts to, you know, drag out a little bit, they can basically put in a, a whole new front almost. Um, and, and then those guys are fresh and can try and can try and stop the momentum there. Man, that sounds a lot like Iowa State with what they're able to do. And remind me, Oklahoma State runs a four-man front, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Are they three? Yeah, it's sort of – so they've got one of their defensive ends. They, they actually call it the Leo position. Hmm. Um, so it's sort of like a, a defensive end, linebacker, hybrid. Um, you know, and that's – that's where you'll see like Brock Martin um, or Colin Oliver. Um, that's where normally Trace Ford, I don't know if people would remember his name, um, normally where he would play, but he hasn't played this season after another injury. Um, but yeah, they can, you know, drop back in coverage. Um, they, you know, line up on the line, um, line up on the edge. They just kind of move around wherever, wherever they basically need to be based on the, the offensive formation. So yeah, hmm. It's sort of a four-man front. Um, 
and then basically only only two linebackers then. Um, so a, a, a unique look, but one that's obviously obviously working. Gotcha. And on the rotation front, I mean, that's something that Iowa State does when, you know, J.R. Singleton, the nose guard, is fully healthy. I mean, they really do rotate a lot. I mean, uh, defensive line depth is something that they're good at as well. Um, I want to transition here, and we can, we'll let you go after that. When the first quarter, first half comes on Saturday, what are what's the big thing you'll be looking for from Oklahoma State that'll indicate that you feel good about their chances of winning the game? Um, you know, I think just being able to move the ball. Um, if they can, you know, find some sort of rhythm on offense, um, you know, just you know, when I when I think of Oklahoma State and Iowa State, like you've said, they're very similar defensively. Um, it's almost like this game is going to be first one to maybe 20 wins. I mean, it's going to be a pretty low scoring game in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, so just trying to find ways to, um, to move the ball. Um, you know, last week against Texas, they really struggled in the first half or pretty much first three quarters. Um, it, it's moving the ball. They would, you know, they'd get a trunk play here and there, but then they'd get a penalty and find themselves in like a first and 25 or something like that. And, you know, like Casey Dunn said after the game, you know, what, what play call do you run at that point? I mean, when you're first at 25, you're way behind the chains. Um, you know, it, it's makes things really difficult. Um, so yeah, just getting some sort of sort of rhythm offensively, um, whether that's, you know, just handing it to Jalen Warren or, you know, trying to open things up with the pass. Um, I think that'll be the, the biggest key to, to win in this game. I love it. And I, I lied. I got one more question for you. I got a click. No, um, I, I have to ask, do you feel like Oklahoma is the eighth best team in the country? Because I, my personal opinion is that AP poll, I'm not a big fan of the AP poll in general. I mean, the fact that Iowa State isn't ranked and you look at any sort of analytics website and they're in the top 25, let alone top 10 of some of them. And, you know, not discrediting Oklahoma State, but it's more like Oklahoma State's more in the mid 15 range, just in general. You feel like they're the eighth best team in the country or where, where do you feel like they sit within the Big 12 or even just nationally? Um, you know, as far as Big 12, I think they're they're up there in the top three. I mean, I think you put, hmm. um, you know, I put my rankings out every week. I think I had, you know, Oklahoma State number one um, or o- Oklahoma number one, excuse me, Oklahoma State number two. Um, and then I think I had Iowa State or Baylor at number three, Iowa State number four. Um, fair, fair. So I think I think they're up there in the Big 12 um, nationally. You know, the, the only thing that concerns me is the offense. Um, you know, if they get into a game where, you know, the defense maybe, you know, has a, a let, let down or something like that, I'm not sure the offense has the firepower right now to, to keep pace with teams that are going to put up, you know, over 30, 40 points a game. Um, so maybe I, I wouldn't have them as high. You know, I, I was thinking about that the other day or earlier today, actually, you know, when the college football playoff rankings come out, I think that's the end of the month here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting um, up on it pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, where they would rank them because you know they always yeah. differ than what the you know these AP or coaches polls are like. I'm not sure that they would be in the top ten um, just because of the the offensive concerns. Obviously, the defense is um, is good and and kind of proved themselves last week going against Texas and and their offense with Steve Scar- Steve Sarkeesian. Excuse me. Um, you know that was a big big test for them, and obviously they. They proved themselves there, um, but just the offensive struggles and, and inconsistency there. Um, I'm not sure that they would maybe be a, be a top ten team if the 
you know, college football rankings came out tonight or, or tomorrow or something. Definitely. Well, and if there's one thing we've seen from this college football season, like things are going to be crazy over the next two weeks, even compared to now, like Oklahoma State has benefited, I think, from a lot of teams at the top losing. But I mean, it's just been a wild season, but we'll leave it there for the podcast. Thanks a ton, Cody, for coming on. Um, where can Iowa State fans find you this week if they want to read some Oklahoma State content? Yeah, go over to uh, gopokes247.com. Um, we'll have you know more preview coverage later this week um, before I head up to, head up to Ames. Um, or you can follow me uh, at Twitter at CodyNagel247. Um, C-O-D-Y-N-A-G-E-L-247. Awesome. Thanks, Ton Cody, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. All right. A huge thank you to Cody for coming on the podcast. Make sure to check out all of his work over at our Go Pokes website. He does a really good job covering Oklahoma State. And if you like what you heard today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, anywhere where you can get your podcasts. And with that said, we will talk to you next week.